Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. Welcome to Vision Sunday this year, and I'm excited about our time together. For those that are maybe guests with us or you're not regular attenders, maybe you pop in and out, just, uh, I guess, uh, uh, oh, what's the word, a caveat, I'm not sure, just a, 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 pre- a preface to the message, um, that this message is a little different. We're not in our series in Genesis this morning. I'm not going to be breaking down a passage of Scripture as I normally would. Once a year, usually on the first or second Sunday of the year, we have what we call Vision Sunday. And it's really an opportunity for, uh, for us as a church family to refocus on our purpose, on what God's called us to do as a church, and then to talk about some of the things that are going to be coming up in this coming year for you to plug in as we seek um, to accomplish our God-given purpose from Scripture. And so the service will be, a, it's a, I mean, the service format is fairly similar, but the message will be a little bit different, but I hope it'll be an encouragement and a challenge to you. And if you're, you happen to be here from out of town, you're not a regular attender or a member of our church, and this isn't the church that you call home, you have another church that you call home, I would challenge you. What we're going to talk about today are biblical principles uh, for us as believers, and I would challenge you to listen thinking, God, how would you have me to grow in my involvement in your eternal work in 2023, no matter where you you regularly attend or regularly worship. And so it's not that, well, I don't, I'm I'm just here out of town or on business or I'm not going to be back next Sunday. This is going to be a waste for me. I don't believe so. I I hope that it'll be a challenge to you, no matter where you call home, um, that this year you will rededicate yourself to your God-given purpose and to God's plan and vision, if you will for our lives. For those of us that have raised children, my wife Tiffany and me, we've been blessed to have five in our home, and for those that have raised children, what is the most common question or word from a toddler, maybe the most common word out of their mouths from about ages two to five, if if your experience was like ours, it was the word, there it was, I didn't even say it, why? Mommy, why? Daddy, why? 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 Why this? Why that? I don't know, because, shut up, like, why? It's like why's all over the place, right? Why is the sky blue? Why why do I have to eat vegetables? Why do I have to take a nap? Anybody heard that in your home? Why do I have to wear clothes when they're little? Why can't I have ice cream for dinner, mommy? Why do I have to share my toys? When I look at that list of questions, to be honest, Kevin, the questions really don't change all that much when we get a little older, do they? Why can't I have ice cream for dinner, honey? Like, uh, same questions. The question, the only question that changes is, why do I have to take a nap to why don't I ever get to take a nap? That's the question that changes as you get a little bit older, but, but why? I was thinking about it this week, and the reality is that as we grow older, we actually spend much of our lives asking that same question of why. It's just that we're wondering, the things that we're wondering about are a little bit different. As we get a little older, it goes to, why am I here on earth? Why did that happen to me, or why did that happen to that person? Why didn't that turn out the way that I had hoped, and why was I given that blessing? 
And why has this situation come into my life? And why was I created by God? The truth is that wise really follow us from the cradle to the grave, don't they? On this Vision Sunday, as we enter into a new year at Liberty, I want to bring you a message that I've titled, Know Your Why. There was a book written by a a business author. He says, Start With Why, a famous book, a New York Times bestseller many years ago. I want to speak to you this morning on Know Your Why. You see, knowing your why, why God has placed you here, what, what is your purpose, know your purpose, your why, it's vital to fulfillment in life and it's vital to fruitfulness in life. If we don't know our why, if we don't know our purpose, we will wander aimlessly month after month, year after year, and at some point of our lives, we'll get somewhere along the way and we'll stop and we'll look back and say, why did I do all of that? What what is this all about? We'll end up later in life empty and unfulfilled, and that's what our annual Vision Sunday is all about, reinforcing our why as a church family as we move into another year of ministry. Do you know that, that everybody can lose their why? Individuals can lose their why, their purpose. Businesses can lose their why, and a once thriving business gets off track and very quickly can decline, and churches can lose their why. Why do we exist as a church? Why why are we here? And churches can lose their purpose, and when they do, the decline is not far behind. So as we talk this morning, why does Liberty Church, Baptist Church exist? Why do we gather every week? Why do we give? Why do we serve? Jesus knew his why, didn't he? What does the Bible say? It says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus knew his why. Why was he here to seek and to save? He was here to be our Redeemer, to be our Savior. What did he say? I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It it was his why. It's why he came to give us life. He He said, I came not to do my own will, but to do the will of him that sent me. He was not here with his own agenda, even though he was fully God. The Bible says that that he, he, he took upon himself the form of a servant, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He did not come to do his will, but to do the will of his Father that sent him, he said. He said, I do always those things that please the Father, Jesus, knew his why when he was robed in flesh and walked here on earth. It was to be your Savior and mine. Paul knew his why. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. He said, my purpose in life is to know Christ more. What did Paul say? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark. There was a target that Paul was living for. I think you could say it was his why. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Why am I here? I'm here to fulfill the plan that God has for me to press toward that mark, Paul said. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. My why is to live and please and serve Christ. Do you know Your why? This is where I think often midlife crises come from. We get to the middle of our lives or maybe a little bit beyond it. We've given decades to something and we feel like Solomon and Ecclesiastes, this is empty. This is vanity. This is all there is. 
Do you know your why as believers? According to Scripture, what is our why? And I do think there are some specific whys for each one of us. God has an individual will and plan for every one of us. God has given you different giftings and different relationships and different opportunities and different resources, and and He's giving all—and so we all have a different path, and I think for all of us there are some different whys. One of my whys is to be the pastor of Liberty Baptist Church, and and, and I don't think that's your why at this point. That's not— that. This is what God has—and so there are some specific different whys God has placed you where He's placed you to do what He's called you to do. But generally speaking, as believers, I believe the Bible teaches us and tells us that we all have some common whys. Why do we exist? What is our purpose? Is it just to live a comfortable life? Is it just to pass the days away trying to be as—enjoy as, it as much as we can, just to amass more stuff? Does he who dies with the most toys really win, as one bumper sticker suggested? A few months ago, as our pastoral team began praying and preparing for another year of ministry here at Liberty Baptist Church and Newport Christian School, I asked each of them to ponder their why for their personal lives and public leadership. And then we gathered together, and for several hours, in fact, it was supposed to be our calendar planning meeting. We were supposed to plan out the, the, the calendar for this coming year, for 2023. This was, uh, I don't remember, a couple months ago now. And that entire meeting for hours ended up just us talking about kind of the, our why, the, the future of our ministry, our purposes, our passions, our desires. And we didn't get to any of the practical, let's put some dates on the paper. And we ended up having to come back on another day and, and take three or four or five hours after we had talked there. And, and then We've spent some hours since that time finalizing those things, but we talked about our why. We shared our purpose in serving in the roles where God has placed us as ministers to the church here, and and Brother Ryan gave his why as the the youth pastor here, and Pastor Caleb gave his why as the children's pastor, and Mr. Cyprian gave his why as the school principal, and Pastor Sammy in the area of of leading our church in, in our worship, and then in our Spanish ministry, and we talked about those things, and I told them my why, as the lead pastor here, what is my purpose in pastoral leadership? What do I desire? God has placed me here. I don't just want to. I don't just want to fill time and come up and speak every week. I, there's a there's a desire. There's a passion. There's a purpose. If God would allow it, I want it to be His work, not my manipulation. But if God would allow it, here's what I pray that we would see Liberty Baptist Church become. This is what I'm shooting for as the pastor of our church, and and my why, the, the, my desire for the flock of God that He's made me an overseer. That and this is the statement that I gave them that our church would be an outwardly focused family of faithful servants growing weekly in Christian community. A business might call this a a mission statement or a purpose statement. But my why, what is my vision, my purpose, my prayer, my desire, and and I believe it comes from God's Word, but that we would be an outwardly focused, it's easy for churches to turn inward. When a church gets started, a church plant starts, guess what they do? They're trying to tell everybody they can about Jesus and about their church, because if they don't, it's going to be just them sitting in a room together. And after a church has been around for a little while, and after folks start to come regularly, it's easy to turn inwardly, and let's just meet our own needs and serve ourselves, and we forget about the need of a Yashar whose family immigrated from Iran, the need of the gospel for those around us. And I want us to be an outwardly focused in that word, family. 
I don't just want us to be a bunch of consumers that slide in for an hour and slide out. I want there to be true relationship being built of faithful. That means committed. We're told you study uh, church statistics and church growth statistics and those that do church consulting in America. We're told, especially the larger the church, it gets a little worse. But in the mega churches, we're told that those that regularly attend mega churches, that, that regular attendance mean about, means about one and a half on average, one and a half Sundays per month. That we would be a faithful, a group of faithful servants committed to the work of God that He's called us to, growing weekly, there it is, weekly in Christian community. That's my desire for our church. Two years ago, you'll recall, and then again last Vision Sunday we talked about it, we're going to talk about it again today, refocusing on, us, on our church purpose. I shared our church's renewed purpose. You, you hopefully remember this, and we talk about it through the year, but it's fourfold, that, that we would share the Gospels where it starts, we've got to reach people with the good news of Christ. And then that we would grow in the gospel, and then we would connect through the gospel, and then all of us would live the gospel. I shared that two years ago. It's, it's, this is not some revolutionary thing. Most churches have a purpose along these lines. They might use different words, and, and, and some of them have three, and some of them have four, and some of them have ten, and some of them have a statement and a sentence. But this came from our pastoral team a couple of years ago as COVID had kind of wiped the slate clean in our church calendar and all of those things. We were starting to build things back together and said, what is our why? What is our purpose? And I believe this is our church's purpose. It's our church's why. Now, here's what I want to make sure we understand, because when I say our church, most of us think of of the, the collection of people, or maybe the building. You and I are the church. We are the church. This is not, well, yeah, that's their purpose. So if this is our church's purpose, that means it's my purpose and it's your purpose. That means that if our church is going to fulfill this purpose, it's only going to happen on the level and the magnitude that you and I fulfill this purpose. If you'll go back to that purpose statement that I shared a couple of months ago with our pastoral team, you'll see this fourfold purpose wrapped up in this. Outwardly focused, that is share the gospel, step one. Step two is to grow in the gospel, and you can see it, uh, faithful servants growing weekly. Grow in the gospel would be in our, in, our, in our worship services, that would be through Bible teaching and opportunities. We're going to talk about it in a minute, and then to connect through the gospel, building relationships. Well, there's family and Christian community, and then live the gospel, that word servants, that we are, we are serving one another, we are serving those around us. So that is, I believe, that is my why, that is what I am praying toward and trying to lead toward, that is our purpose as a church, and, and so that is our purpose, but as you know, and if you're in business where they have a, a, a mission statement on the wall or, or they have a purpose statement, a mission statement on the wall doesn't do us any good. Having a purpose statement doesn't do anything unless there are some actual steps, some programs, if you will, that lead you to that. So you have your why, your purpose, and I talked with our pastoral staff a couple years ago, and I said, does our program match our purpose? Does our calendar, the events that we're hosting, the places where we're placing money and time and energy, is it helping us accomplish our why? Our how, how are we going to get there? Our program or our how doesn't match our why. And we filter everything through that. We filter the scheduling, we filter the guest speakers, we filter the events, we filter all of those things and say, is our program helping us to accomplish our purpose? Does our how match? our why. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to go through that fourfold purpose. And I told you it's a little bit different. We're going to go through that fourfold purpose. And I believe I'm going to preach for the, for the month of January a series entitled Know Your Why. 
We're going to talk about all of these in a little more detail as well, and then we'll get back into our series in Genesis. We're going to talk about knowing our purpose as believers, knowing our purpose as a church, and then I want you to challenge yourself and say, which one of these areas that God wants for His, His people do I need to take a step up in in 2023? God, where are you calling me to get more committed in this area of knowing our why? And so you may want to pull out a phone. In years past, we've we've had booklets and things that we've handed out. We chose not to do that for a variety of reasons this year. Um, So there's there's not a bunch of handouts that we're going to be giving this morning. We've kept it simple. Um, But you may want to pull out a phone or a pen, and maybe as something comes up, a certain event or a certain program or something that you see there and say, I'd love to jump into that. There's an area as we move into 2023 where I can plug more into the life of liberty. Our why, I've already given you the four points this morning. Point number one of our why is share the gospel. Why do we exist as a church? Why are you and I here? What were the last words that that are recorded of Christ before he ascended into heaven in the book of Acts? It says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses of me in in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The last recorded words of Christ to his followers before he ascended back to heaven was, here's why I'm leaving you here, to tell everybody you can about how I changed your life. Witnesses of me, your time spent with me, the way that I changed your life, I want you to go everywhere that you can, and and I want you to share that. What were the last recorded words of Christ in the Gospels? Go ye into all the world. We call it the Great Commission. Some have said, sadly, in some churches, it's the Great Omission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching them to observe all, baptizing them, and then teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. A church is not just supposed to be a religious country club where you and I gather and we do business networking and we have good close friends. Now, that's a part of our purpose, but that's not the primary uh, priority of our purpose. He wants us to share the life-changing news of the gospel. I believe that, that it's our priority. That's why it's number one one in our church purpose. As a church, we are called to share the gospel. We are are to gather together so that we can disperse in our everyday lives and tell everyone that we can of Christ. I want to ask you, when was the last time you shared the good news of Christ with anybody? When was the last time in, in the Bible you see their, their, their witness was twofold in the New Testament? Often it was, it was go and tell. They would go out into their lives and tell people about Jesus, and then it was come and see. They were going to gather with Jesus, and they would say, come, see, see this man. And, and I think that can be bold. When was the last time you, you went and told? And when was the last time you told somebody, come and see, join me in church? It'd be my guest. When was the last time we had a guest in church to hear the good news of Jesus Christ? I want to share with you this morning in our program, our our how that gets us to our why, I want to share with you the greatest program that our church offers to share the gospel with people. The greatest event on our church calendar this year for people to clearly be presented with the life-saving message of salvation. You might want to write this down so that you can be aware of it, make use of it as you're talking to people who need Christ. The greatest event we have in our church program to share the gospel. Are you ready for it? Here it is. The Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock a.m. We're going to do some special outreach events, but do you know that our Sunday morning service is the greatest weekly program that we have for people to clearly hear the good news of Jesus Christ? 
I have sought to make it, I've told you this before, that I've tried, and I I can't say that I've always succeeded in this, but I try not to, as a preacher, you know, waste your time with my opinions and my hobby horses, or you invite somebody, I've been there, you invite someone to church and you're scared, what kind, because it's already a little awkward if they're not used to church, what's this guy going to say? I've tried to let you know, if you'll invite people to join you in church, that when they come, they will hear a biblical message that comes straight from the, the scriptures. They will hear clearly the presentation of the gospel. What is the gospel? It's just the good news that Jesus Christ came to earth. He came to earth for our sins. He died a, 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 in, in our place. He lived a sinless life and died in our place. He was buried and he rose again. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, that is the gospel of Christ or the good news. And I think it's a rare Sunday morning that, that you are not hearing biblical truth. You're not hearing the good news of Christ, the gospel. Here's what I want to challenge you this year. Would all of us recommit to maybe trying to invite those within our lives? And I know there are some in our lives that will not join us in church. And there are some where you might have coffee at work, or you might give them a gospel tract, or share a book, or a website, or on Facebook a post. But, but one of the greatest tools that's in our church calendar on a weekly basis for people to hear the good news of Christ is our Sunday morning at 10 service. Let's invite some folks. Let's have some friends and guests, neighbors, family members, coworkers. Invite people to join us beyond our per- personal witnessing to people. Bring folks with us. Come and see. And I commit to you that I will do my best to preach biblical truth and seek to clearly present the good news of Christ each and every Sunday morning. Yes, we'll have some special outreach events and emphases, but, but we have the opportunity every week to invite someone to hear the truth. And make no mistake. A personal invitation, statistically, is the most successful and effective tool in people coming to church. Beyond digital marketing, beyond mailers, beyond events, a personal invitation by far. You talk to people that visit churches or that that come to Christ, and by far the most effective tool is someone that I knew personally invited me to go with them. What else do we have? We have this year, as it relates to sharing the gospel, several, several saturation Saturdays. Last year, we began a, a campaign to hit every door in Newport Beach that, that was not behind a gate. We're going to mail to those that are, and then we're going to move out from Newport Beach, our Jerusalem, into the others, and, and, and we're going to do that several times this year where we will go out and share and give John and Romans and copies of Scripture. We want to get those out into our area. Uh, we have uh, Friday pastoral outreach um, uh, uh, several times a month where our Pastors go out every Friday morning, or, or most Friday mornings, and you're welcome to join us from about 9 to noon, going out and doing the same, getting the gospel to our area. You saw it on the, on the video, at the intro video at the beginning, we have our Seedline Project, and this is, I think, the fifth or sixth year that we've done this, and we've seen hundreds of thousands of copies of Scripture going around the world. And you say, I've heard you talk about that, and man, I'm so glad our church does that, and I was here last year, and we had, we had 100,000 copies of Scriptures in boxes here. That's so awesome our church does that. Our church is you, and our church is me. Were you a part of it? Are you a part of sharing the gospel through these opportunities? It's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, finding a time that works for you to come down, and we'll have that seed line project. Sharing the gospel, we're going to have a very special, in October, friend day with evangelist Tim Lee this year. And, and Tim Lee, 30 years ago, it was 30 years ago, a young Marine and his newborn, new, new bride, uh, not newborn, new bride, uh, Kevin and Janice Cyprian walked in, didn't know Christ. I think I can say we're having some struggles in their new marriage, maybe a little bit there. Is that true or is that not true? 
No, there's not any more than normal, I guess, right, Janice? You're putting up with Kevin. But, but they came in as a young married couple, about six months of mar- uh, being married there, and heard his testimony. They walked the aisle 30 years later, still serving the Lord. I've heard some pastors say they've never heard anybody give a clearer go- and more convicting gospel presentation. Tim Lee lost his legs in the Vietnam War, and we're going to have a very special outreach day there in October. My prayers will have hundreds of first-time guests here on that day. Our missions extravaganza every year, three days, to have our hearts refocused on the need of the gospel around the world. And all of these things sound great in January, and then the busyness of life comes, and well, I've got this and I've got that. And what I want to challenge you is, as there are opportunities within your church to be involved in getting the gospel to our Jerusalem and to the uttermost parts of the earth, plug in to those things. Our why is to share the gospel. Our how are these events and others, Easter, of course, and Christmas and others, And the question is, will you be involved? Number two, what is our why? Not only to share the gospel, but to grow in the gospel. People get saved, the Great Commission calls it this way, teaching them to observe whatsoever things I've commanded you. Paul said it this way, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Teaching them, I have a great passion that God's people don't just get saved, and then just kind of stagnate as baby Christians, but that we grow into spiritual maturity. That we grow in our understanding of God's Word, and then not just knowing more, but it causes us to do more. Not just receiving more information, but but it causes transformation. And so we look, and you'll see this year, uh, we have in our program, we have from birth until until God calls us home, every age and stage of life, we want to put some emphasis on on reaching and training and growing uh, those things. I want our church to be a place where where we teach God's people uh, how to grow in grace. I'm going to give you the greatest tool in our church program uh, that that our church offers in our annual calendar for your spiritual growth to grow in the gospel in 2023. Again, you may want to grab a pen. Here it is, the greatest event, Sunday services at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. I spend hours every week preparing what I hope are biblical messages with, with relevant truth for you to grow in your knowledge and to apply those things. Tonight we'll be kicking off a brand new series entitled Sacred Cows, Finding Biblical Unity Even When We Disagree, and, and we'll be in, go, breaking down Romans 14. What, is, what does God say to do when, when you disagree with another good brother about an area that is not commanded or forbidden in Scripture? Now if the Bible is clear and it's commanded or forbidden, then it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree, God's Word is clear, we need to agree. But there, what about those areas where, where those things, where good Christians, good people differ? And the truths of, this, of this, this chapter that God gave us would save a whole lot of church splits, would save a whole lot of people leaving churches for dumb reasons, would save a whole lot of personality conflict and politics in churches across the, the country and around the world. And so for you to grow in the gospel, now the only place for you to grow is not in this building while I'm speaking. I'm not a, I'm not a priest that holds all of the, the truths that you can only come and read my, my Bible as it was in some centuries in, in times past. Oh no, I, I believe that you have access to the same God that I do. You have God's Word and can study and grow and read it. You have access to pray, the priesthood of every believer. I don't have some special avenue to God that you can't have. 
I don't have some special lens that I get revelations from his word that you can't get. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying our purpose is for you to grow, and probably as you grow in your knowledge and application of truth, the two best things on our annual calendar are our Sunday morning and Sunday evening services. I'll be preaching that series on sacred cows, then I believe we'll be entering into a series. We're going to continue in Genesis on Sunday mornings, but on Sunday evenings, I believe we're going to begin after the sacred cows series, a series entitled God Is where we're going to study the names of God and the attributes of God, the characteristics of God, getting to know Him better. Who is He, and how does that apply in my life? Pastor Ryan, you want us to come to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night? Now, I'm not the Holy Spirit, and you don't have to answer to me, but the answer is, as your pastor, yes. I've been doing it for about 34 years, and I have no regrets. It's it's probably been the greatest uh, reason for my personal spiritual growth. I read this week, Jesus spent three years with his disciples, and somebody talked about this. They said, I didn't read it this week, I knew that already, but they said this, Jesus spent three years with his disciples. They said, if he spent eight hours a day with them, which probably, Bill, was probably longer than that. They were together pretty much 24 hours a day. But they said, if he spent eight hours a day with his disciples, they said in three years, He spent 8,000 hours investing in them, training them, and preparing them. And we think we are going to raise up effective disciples with one hour a week on Sunday morning. I did the math. Consider this, if a person only attends church on Sunday morning, it will take you 153 years of Sundays to equal the amount of time Christ spent with his disciples in three years if he only spent eight hours a day with them. If all we do, if the only time that we're gathering together with the people of God around the Word of God is one hour a week on Sunday, uh, it would take us 153 years of Sundays to equal what those disciples got in three years of eight hours a day with Jesus. I think all of us could use a little more of His Word and a little more time together. We need more than one feel-good message a week to truly grow in the gospel. And so in addition to our Bibles, our Sunday services, one of the best ways that you'll grow in the gospel is not through time here, yes, do that, but also daily time in Bible study. We talked about this last Sunday. We, we put it on our social media. I think there's about 150 of you that have signed up, and I've enjoyed it this week. I listened to the, to the coordinating podcast. It's about a five or six minute podcast that goes along with it. And we, did, we started this last week. If you weren't here or you didn't start, it's not too late. Jump on it. We're reading through the Bible chronologically. It's through an app called YouVersion, Y-O-U version. And, and you can, that, that QR code will take you there. You can join that. There's about 150 in our church, and folks have been commenting, asking questions, sharing how God spoke to them. Craig, I like some of your getting me thinking about different things there and, and your comments. And, 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 and we're reading chronologically, not in the book order, but in the order that the events happen. So right now we're in the book of Job which is in the middle of the Old Testament, but it's, it's, it goes to some of the oldest things in the Bible. And, uh, and so we're in Job, and then there's a, a podcast called The Bible Recap, that it's, about, it's called The Bible Recap. It's about a five or six minute thing that just summarizes whatever chapters we read that day. I've been listening to it every day on the way to school with my kids after I read the passage in the morning, re- listen to it on the way to church today. Just another way for us to grow in our, and you don't have to do that Bible reading plan, and, and if that's too much, it's about three or four chapters a day. And, you, you might want to be studying something else. My wife is not doing that plan. She's actually studying um, the, the series that I talked about. She's studying the attributes of God this year in her own personal study. You don't have to do that, but if that would be a help to you, whatever the case may be, the only meal you eat from God's Word, spiritually speaking, shouldn't be when you're in this room. 
You need personal time with God to grow in the gospel. And there are great tools. We've never had more content and more tools to do those things. There are three daily podcasts that I often encourage and refer people to. All three of these are dear friends of mine. They're all wonderful Bible teachers and preachers. I'm not saying you should listen to all three of them, but maybe one of these. Listen to each one for a day and see which one you kind of connect with. And maybe make it that you listen to one. They're about 10-minute devotionals. All three of these men are are great teachers of the Word um, and pastors. There's one called Enough for Today, Enjoying the Journey, and Everyday Truth. If you serve any of those on your app store. These are things, and, and I know that there's a plethora of stuff out there. Now, be careful. Everything that's out there for spiritual content is not scriptural and is not good. I share the stuff that I know that I can trust that it's good. That doesn't mean it's the only stuff that's out there. There's a lot, but these are our podcasts that might be able to you to grow in the gospel. I'd encourage you. There's the Truth Matters Institute through Veritas Baptist College. These are free courses. You can take Bible college courses. I just encouraged someone that's new in our church and really new in all of this. He said, I'm reading my Bible every day, but I'm kind of struggling to understand it. What would you recommend? Do you have any books or online courses? And I pointed them to this. There's a, there's a course you can take on how to study the Bible. And it's, it's Bible. You don't, get, you don't get college credit because they offer it for free. If you want the credit, they want your money. But for free, you can get the material and uh, kind of auditing the course. And so there's something, there's a resource for you. We've scheduled several guest speakers this year to help you grow in the gospel. Our summer series this year is going to be a little bit different. We're going to do like a month long on apologetics in the summer, those times where we gather for a meal together and we've been bringing in different guest speakers. We're going to do that, but we're going to have a focused and a time on about a month where we're going to focus on the family and the Christian home and, and what those roles in life are and, and apologetics. Why do we believe what we believe and how to defend our faith? Uh, we're going to have in October, uh, teach us to pray Sunday, growing in the gospel, growing in our relationship with God, with Pastor Dave Tyson. And, and that same weekend, he'll be doing a Christian home seminar, and they've raised their children, and all of their children love God and are living for God. Pastor Caleb is starting uh, for us to grow in the gospel. He's starting at what we're calling family prayer nights, and it'll start in February, uh, February, I believe, the first Sunday night of the month, I believe it is, um, where just in the youth center, families can come together, and we'll have prayer requests. And whatever your family is, that might be a single person, that might be a grandparent, that might be you with your children, whatever your family unit is, we're going we're gonna to pray um, on Sunday evening in addition to our evening service, just a time of prayer together. We want this to be a house of prayer. Uh, we'll, we'll have different camps where folks will grow in the gospel. We have Spanish camp. They're going to camp together, family camp. We have youth camp uh, in, in the summer and junior camp in the summer. They're at Ironwood. And, and we have all of these things. There's our young adults group, and, uh, and, and, and Andy and Shane have led and really begun to build for those that are in that college career age, the, the, the 20s-ish there, in that age group there. Great need. We need that generation in our church, and we want to see them grow in the gospel. They kick off their their first meeting again this year, this Thursday night, where they're going to be studying God's Word together. Every age, every person growing in the gospel. There's one I'm excited about, I've been burdened about in our church, and I'm going to be launching what I've called a spiritual leadership mentorship program. I've been praying and burdened. I'm burdened for uh, the men of our church, men, single men, and married men, husbands and fathers, that we would grow into the spiritual leadership roles that God has outlined in His Word. My my goal for this, this is going to be the first Saturday morning of every month for about 90 minutes together. First one will be in February. My goal for this is not that it's huge. My goal is not that we have 100 men there, that we all just kind of eat breakfast together, laugh a little bit. We have plenty of other times to do that kind of thing. 
My goal is as Christ sat down and, and worked together with about a dozen men, my goal, and if it gets more than about 20, I'll probably do multiple of them, my goal is somewhere for 10 to 20 of us that commit to a year that want to get serious about growing in our biblical roles of leadership. And I want to invest, and I want us, you, you to sharpen me, and I want to sharpen you. We're going to go through some um, biblical truths together of spiritual leadership, and we're going to be doing that on Saturday mornings. Why? Is it because I didn't have anything to do on the first Saturday morning of every month? No, because my purpose is that we would grow in the gospel, that we would grow. Our why is for each member to grow in the gospel. These are some of the ways this year that we're trying to answer that question of how through our church programming. Will you commit to be involved in the life of our church so that you and your family can continue to grow? Number three, what is our purpose? Knowing our why, it's to connect through the gospel. The Christian life, listen to me, please. The Christian life was never intended to be lived in isolation. God designed the Christian life to be lived in community. And by the way, we talked about this with our pastors, there is a yearning in every one of our hearts for community. And all of us will find our community somewhere. You look at those, yesterday the Chiefs and the Raiders played a game, and, and, and those Raiders fans that have, the, uh, have the, the, the helmets and the spikes and the, the black hole where they all sit, and they, they've spent thousands of dollars on gear, and they've got their truck modded out, and they go to every game, and they tailgate, and they face pain, and they, why do they do that? because that is their community. That's where they have found their identity. Now, I'm a 49ers fan, I love the Niners, but I, I have not revolved my entire life around making it to every home game in my full Halloween costume every Sunday. I'm gonna go home and watch the game today, I'll get a little too involved in it, I'll be too happy if they win, I'll be a little too mad than I should be if they lose. I love them, but the, my, being a 49er fan is not my community, it's not my identity. It's why I can still be friends with people like Javen and Bill Wilcox who like bad teams. <laughs> Joe Walsh who likes the Patriots. We can still be friends because that's not my community. The gospel community is a little bigger than my 49ers community. But people will find community somewhere. By the way, you will too. It might be online. It might be your social media. It might be at work. It might be a book club. It might be, it might be your political affiliation. We will all find a group where we feel like those are my people. And I would suggest to you that God, what He ordained, the institution where He wants His people to say those are my people is the New Testament local church. That doesn't mean you can't have friends outside of the church. That doesn't mean you can't have loved ones. You can't be involved in things outside of the church. I'm not talking about a cult, but I'm saying you study the New Testament. All through the New Testament, one another, bear one another's burdens, pray for one another, weep with one another, love one another, exhort one another, encourage one another. How do you do that if you're not a part of a family? If you slide in for an hour and slide out and don't, don't talk to anyone and, and don't go to anything like, how do you fulfill that role to connect through the gospel? From the earliest stages of his earthly ministry, he gathered co-laborers around him. They served together. They grew together. They prayed together. They wept together. They questioned Christ together. They saw him do miracles together. They learned together. They failed together. They fretted about the future together. And they saw God work in unbelievable ways together. His plan is for God's people to do this thing called the Christian life together. So how are you connecting through the gospel? What relationships are you building? Who is mentoring you and who are you mentoring? Who are you discipling? This year I want to challenge you to connect through the gospel like never before. Show up to church a few minutes early. 
Stay a few minutes late. Go to fellowships. Go to, go to, for all you natural introverts, I'm stressing you out right now, aren't I? But trust me, it'll be good for you as you begin to follow Christ as part of a true community. It's funny, pastoring hundreds of people, you, you hear a lot of different things, you get a lot of different emails, and most of them are incredibly great. But it's funny, I'll hear from some people, I've never been to a church more friendly than Liberty. I've never, man, I've just found a family unlike anything I've ever had before. And I'm like, you're right, that's exactly what we are. And then I'll get an email, hey, pastor, we love your preaching, but we're leaving. We just, we couldn't make any friends there. I'll think, you're wrong. That other person was right. No. It's, and I understand that every personality is a little different, and, and it works a little differently for everybody. But I'll say this, the Bible does say a man that has friends must show himself friendly. You'll probably be as involved and as plugged in as you decide to be. And if you want to be, I know that I, I came here really not knowing anybody, and my wife has some of the, the dearest friends of our lives are a part of this church, and I think that could be your story as well. So how do we, how do we plug into community, connecting through the gospel? One of the biggest ways, by the way, it's not on Sunday, all right? I'm done with that. Before I told you, grab a pen, Sunday morning and Sunday morning and Sunday evening. Here it is. It's our weekly community groups. Our weekly community groups on Wednesday night, we have our Liberty uh, teenagers, they have their youth group on Wednesday night, and Kids Point meets on Wednesday night. It kicks off this Wednesday. I think most of you got an insert when you came in. If you didn't, the ushers will have it for you on your way out. It lists 12 or 13 different community groups that we have. We have some, we have different for every age, every stage, different books of the Bible, different topics. Uh, we, have, we have a single mom's community group. For, for we, have, we have one on marriage. We have, uh, we have one that's studying a book of the Bible. We have one on financial, getting your finances in order. Keith Gilbert's leading Financial Peace University and biblical principles to get, getting your finances in order. Why do we do all of this? Yes, to grow in the gospel, the content there, but in a smaller setting for you to connect through the gospel, to begin to build relationships, to get to know people, to pray with one another, to learn each other, to do those things. And, and, and if you're not in a community group, you're missing a huge opportunity to connect to the family here at Liberty. Out in the lobby, there are those tables. That's what those are for, is for you to sign up for one of those groups that starts this week. You can also sign up on our church app if you've not yet signed up. And we have some on Sunday morning. We have a new one that's starting on Tuesday morning. We have um, one, a, a couple that meet on Tuesday night. Most of them are on Wednesday. We have one on Thursday night. Different times of the week. Why do we do these? Because we want you to grow in Christian community. We're starting, I mentioned, a seniors Bible study on Tuesday mornings at the Lewis's home. Does that start this Tuesday morning? Is that right? Is it this Tuesday? This Tuesday morning, Pastor Doug will be leading that, and they live in Irvine there. It'd be a wonderful opportunity if you're available to go there on Tuesday mornings there, and you can get that information out in the lobby. I, I know Jeff and Jen Halcom in San Juan Capistrano this Tuesday evening are starting a home uh, Bible study. And, and I'll tell you this, I promise you will be blessed, encouraged, and grow in Christ by time spent with that faithful, dear couple that is live for God, have raised their children in a wonderful way. They're fun. They know God. They know His Word. They love His Word. You will be blessed by that group. That's on Tuesday nights, uh, on our Wednesday night community groups. We have fellowships and activities, the Memorial Day barbecue, our anniversary golf tournament. This year we're starting a summer basketball league for all of you guys that want to prove how good you still are, and uh, we're going to have a good time together there. Why do we do that stuff? Again, because we're just sitting around with staff members just really don't have a whole lot to do, so we should just do What's the purpose of this? So that you can show us how good you were in high school? No. Now, if you, if you do that, it's fine. The purpose is give us opportunities to connect through the gospel. Maybe to invite somebody else to join you that would like basketball and use that as a tool to share the gospel. 
goes through our purpose. We, we're starting, Caleb, Pastor Caleb is starting a family community group. It'll be starting in March after time change. It'll be the first Tuesday of each month at a different local park. And families will gather together, I think, from about five to seven. He'll have a light meal there for everybody. And whoever wants to come, a time for kids to play and folks to get to know each other and spend some time together with other families who are raising younger children. There are literally hundreds of hours throughout the year where you can meet people, grow together, build relationships, have fun together, laugh together, pray together, and connect through the gospel. Here's the question. Will you take advantage of them? We can put these pictures on a screen. We can write it on a calendar. We can plan it and promote it. We can put it in an announcement video. But unless you and I view this as our purpose and figure out what it means for Now, all of us won't be a part of all of this. But where does God have us to plug in to share the gospel? And where does God have us to plug in to to grow in the gospel? And how does God want us to connect through the gospel? And then lastly, our fourth part of our purpose, our why, is to live the gospel. That is to serve, to give. Because of what we received, it changes what we do. Generous servants of God. What did the Bible say about Jesus? He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. He came to serve. He saved you and I to serve, not just sit. So the question I have for you this morning, are you regularly serving in some capacity through your local church? Service is, is not something that the church does to you. Service is something that we get to do for God. And every one of you have different gifts and abilities and passions and likes and resources. Some of you have the gift of teaching, and you ought to be helping to lead community groups, and others of you, you love to praise God, and you ought to consider joining the choir, and others of you, 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 have, you know how to use your hands, and, and you can be working on the, the physical campus of our church, and others of you have a passion for missions, and you can join our missions service team, and we have a, a variety of service teams. What's the greatest way, best way for you to plug in uh, into service through the local church is one of our service teams. We have community groups where we meet together, and then we have our service teams, and you can, you can do those things, and whether it's musical or it's, it's children's ministry, it's the nursery or our bus outreach ministry, our rescue mission, our helping hands facilities ministry, the media ministry, sound and video and photography, and the list goes on. There are, I think, 25 or 30 different service teams in our church, and I can't be a part of all of them, and neither can you be, but how can we live the gospel through the ministry of our local church? How can we use our giftings? and use those to impact eternity. I'm praying this year that we'll, as we live the gospel, we'll do more. We, we gave all of our missionaries, and I'm thankful for your, your generosity, all of them, the 25% raised last year. I'm praying that we'll be able to take on more missionaries and be supporting more missionaries than we ever have. I'm praying that God might lead one or more of us in our church family to go and, and, and to go plant a church or to go to a mission field and to send. That's part of God's plan for the local church, that we live the gospel. This year, I believe, is going to be awesome in the life of liberty. How do you live the gospel? You can plug in and service on a weekly basis through our service teams. We have different Liberty Loves events throughout the year uh, where we go out into the community to serve. Our Vacation Bible School, we need scores of volunteers to live the gospel to impact hundreds of children this summer. Our second annual Orange County Christmas Experience, we need even more volunteers as I believe this event will grow in, in impacting folks in living the gospel. You've heard a lot today about knowing our why and then committing to fulfill the why. 
I've shown you some of the how that we've worked on, and we'll talk more about these in detail. I I had to go quickly through that, and I, I didn't cover everything, but some of the newer things, and you'll hear more about them as they get closer. But here's my challenge to you. If you agree that God's Word teaches us that as Christians, all of us are, a part of all of our purpose is to share the gospel. How many of you would agree that God wants us to be busy about sharing the gospel as believers? And then he wants us to grow in the gospel. Is that a biblical truth? Sure. And then he wants us to connect through the gospel by this, shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one to another. How are people going to know that you're a follower of Christ? You love each other. How do you do that if you never spend any time together? He wants you to connect through the gospel. And then he wants us to live. He said, as I have washed your feet, go do the same thing. He wants us to live the gospel. So if that's true, My challenge to you and my question to you is this. How are you regularly involved in those four purpose statements, those four purpose areas in your Christian life? And here's the thing. I'm not trying to heap heap burdens upon you. I'm not trying to give you some list of rules and, and regulations you have to keep. I'm trying to challenge you in a biblical area. And here's what I'll tell you from experience. As you begin to get involved in these areas, you will find more joy and more fulfillment, and more love for God, and for His people, and for His house, and church won't be a burden that you have to go to anymore, and reading the Bible won't be some chore that you're doing because you got to, I joined that thing on the Version app, and I got to read those chapters. No, I want to grow in my love for God. And a community group isn't something, well, I hope pastor didn't notice I wasn't there today. You're not doing that for me. It's for you to, commu- to connect with people, to, to, to help your family and, and those types of things. And as you do that, you will find your Christian life far more fulfilling and joyful and robust, and your walk with God being so much better than it was. When I was growing up, our, our church had three weekly corporate gatherings. Similar to what our church does, although the format was a little bit different, but they met on Sunday morning and on Sunday evening and on Wednesday night. And they had three, I'll talk a little bit more about that tonight, but they had three weekly corporate gatherings, and our pastor, my father-in-law, would often use a phrase he had heard from a man who pastored one of the largest churches in America. The man's name is Pastor Lee Robertson. Lee Robertson pastored the Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee from the 40s to the 80s. At one time, the Highland Park Baptist Church, it was said, had more than 50,000 members. In downtown Chattanooga, I'm told, I've not been there, I'm told at one time, they owned all of downtown Chattanooga. It was the the, the fire truck, it was the Lee Robertson fire truck, he pastored that entire city. It was was one of the largest churches, if not at that time, the largest church. They had a a Bible college called Tennessee Temple College, had more than 5,000 students at one time that were training there. It was was a, a huge church, and this pastor, Pastor Lee Robertson, I've heard him preach before he died. He coined the phrase, they would often say as he traveled and preached, and, and as, he, as he pastored his church for um, about 40 years, he would say this phrase, he would say, three to thrive. Three to thrive, and that's a picture of their auditorium. He would say, three to thrive, and what he meant was, in your Christian life, if you want to thrive in your Christian life, commit to going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I've never said that since I've been here, and, 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 and I, I don't disagree with that, and our family does that. I also want to be careful that, I, I, that it's the Holy Spirit and that you are doing that because God is leading you and committing to you, and maybe I should be a little more heavy-handed, a little harder with those things, but I want to challenge you, and it's a little different, but I want to challenge you as it relates to our purpose, three to thrive. What do I mean by that? 
Is there in your weekly life a place where you're growing in the gospel? Corporate gatherings, your personal Bible study, growing in the gospel. And then is there a place that you're connecting, a community group? And then is there a place that you're serving, living the gospel? You know, if all of us will commit to corporate worship together, corporate gathering to grow in the gospel, to a community group to connect through the gospel, and finding a place of regular service, I believe you'll thrive in greater ways in your Christian life than you have before. Three to thrive. Are we gathering? Are we connecting? Are we serving? And are we living the truths of the gospel? I hope that you and I won't spend another year as a Christian consumer, but this will be the year that all of us grow in our commitment as members of the body of Christ here at Liberty. Here's the reality. None of us knows how many more years God will give us to fulfill these purposes. I was thinking about it this morning, and I won't say names because I don't want to, I wouldn't want to bring undue attention to someone that wouldn't want it, but I was thinking this morning and this week of several dear saints in our church that were sitting here last year on Vision Sunday. They were in our service a year ago in January, and today they're in heaven. They don't have the opportunity to share the gospel anymore, and they don't have the opportunity to grow in the gospel, to connect through the gospel, or to live the gospel. Now they're enjoying Christ himself. You and I don't know when that time will come. One of our charter members, really the only charter members we have left, the Parks. Greg today is in a hospital struggling mightily with his health. They've not been able to be in church for months. Margaret may be watching today. I'm not sure if she is. They've been struggling really for about a year or two with his health, but really in recent months, last couple of weeks, it's gotten, he's struggling pretty badly right now. You pray for them. You don't know. We don't know how much time God will give us. Don't put it off. Well, when I get through this busy season, then I'll plug in. No, plug into God's plan and purpose for your life as a believer today. This year, church, my vision, it's pretty simple. It really is a repeat of what we talked about last year and the year before that, our church purpose. When I got here, every year I came up with a new graphic and a new theme, a new phrase. One year it was the Word. One year it was We Preach Christ. One year it was Upward and Outward. We had these different themes. And then COVID ruined it all. We had a great theme in 2020, and we didn't do any of it. And you know what I realized? For me, at least, and I may go back to that some point where we challenge the church in a specific emphasis each year, but I realized, I don't know that we need an extra emphasis. I think we need to know our why. And we need to be challenged, are we fulfilling our why? To share the gospel. How are we doing? Giving to missions. Seed line. Inviting people to come and see, coming to church, passing a tract, talking to somebody about Christ, being bold in our witness on social media. How are we doing sharing the gospel, growing in the gospel? Are we faithful to the corporate gatherings of the church? The, and are we personally studying God's word? Connect through the gospel. Are we in a community group? And then live the gospel. Three to thrive. Gather, connect through a group, and serve. That's the challenge. I don't have some special emphasis it's the same it's been since 2021, as we kind of unveiled our renewed purpose. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it over the next three or four weeks on Sunday mornings as I speak on this subject of know your why, really breaking down into this purpose individually, and then we'll jump back into Genesis. But for all of us, this year of 2023, maybe we've gotten a little complacent in one or more of those areas. And whether you're a part of this church or you're a part of another church, wherever God's placed you, let's get recommitted to those four areas. Let's pray that God would give us a fruitful and blessed new year. Thank you for listening to messages from Liberty. 
Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.